Hello, Athlete Mindset community. This is Lisa Bontasumi, the host of Athlete Mindset. Before we dive into this episode, I want to invite you to support the mission and purpose of our show. For $10 a month, you can help to make sure these conversations get to as many athletes, teams, coaches, and sport mental health environments as possible. As a subscriber, you will receive exclusive content and updates on current topics in athlete mental health, and you'll be directly contributing to the betterment of mental health for all athletes. Join the cause. Subscribe at sportse.io slash athlete and make a difference today. Again, that's sportse.io slash athlete. With your support and amplification, we can ensure more voices are heard and more individuals and communities are positively impacted. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Athlete Mindset Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing and sitting with Vanessa De Jesus. What's up, Vanessa? Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to tell people a little bit about you first before we start to talk. So if you don't know, now you will know Vanessa is a point guard for the Duke Blue Devils in her senior year, majoring in biology on the pre-med track and preparing for grad school where she'll focus on psychology. This past summer, the summer of 2023, Vanessa suited up for the Philippine women's national team and it helped the squad to their first win in FIBA group play since 2015. She's proud of her Filipina heritage, representing her country on the court and in her creative expression with VDJ clothing line. Vanessa is a talented pianist, a mental health advocate, and has a deep love for family. Yes! How's it going today? (laughs) I'm doing well, you know. So happy to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So... What's it been like this year with basketball? I know you're going through an injury right now. How is that going? How's your recovery going? Yeah. Overall, it's been, you know, getting better, kind of just taking it day by day and seeing the progress has really helped. But yeah, it's kind of a year where I've just started to figure out what role I can, you know, learn more of off the court, which is, I think, will help me in my game. And honestly, has been a different perspective I've appreciated and never really realized was there. No, that's so important. I think that, Someone like you who's played at the elite level is always on the court trying to figure out how you can still contribute to your team, your team's success in a different role. What's been the key to that for you? Yeah, I think just, again, I'm always pretty positive about what, where life takes me. And I think that's a big part of how far I've gotten. And that's the same mindset of having rehab. And again, just my support system, like with my family and friends has been huge of, you know, supporting me and just telling me how, this was only temporary and that's just part of where I know I will end up and the goals stay the same, even though maybe the journey looks a little different than what I thought, but I'm very hopeful of, you know, where I'll be. Oh my God. That's so wise. So very wise and so important. Everybody needs to hear that because I think it'd be easy to choose the mindset or fall into the mindset of like, ah, you know, this is never going to get better. I'm going to be here forever. And like to know Mm -hmm. that it's temporary and to hear that around you. And people encouraging you and reminding you of that, I think it's super, super important. That's so cool. The pre-med track. Why'd you choose that? Yeah, I know. I guess like, <laughs> well, you know, being Filipino, you, you know, you see a lot of nurses and like true, doctors like, true. in my family. But true. I guess for me, it kind of like rooted, I guess, for my mom also. She's a nurse. 
but I kind of just, you know, growing up, I saw how much she like loved her job and her passion like for it. And another passion of mine that was similar to her was just helping people. Mm-hmm. And after like taking like science courses in school and kind of just learning more about different routes of medicine, I kind of figured out that this could possibly be a way of tuning into that passion of mine of like helping others, but also like that interest of medicine that I kind of always had. I love that. That's so cool. And so cool to be inspired by someone so close to you because I know family means a lot. Yes, mean everything. Yeah. And for her to show you and for you to see her, her life and her help of serving people is like really, really cool. But like, how do you balance it all? You're a student at at Duke on the pre-med track. These courses are, I mean, quite frankly, no joke. So like, what are some of the ways that you are able to balance it? Yeah, I think the biggest part is time management. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like freshman year was a lot of figuring things out and it was like right. COVID and just a really like different transition going into college. But I think now just heading into my senior year, I've realized how to manage time, but also, you know, find time for yourself, which I think is huge because I think burnout is real and it, it could happen, especially in the classroom or in sports. And I've done a good job, I think, making sure to handle that with, with ease and also just like giving myself grace to, do all the things I want to enjoy, but also finding time to like focus in on what's important as well. For sure. No, it's so important. Do you think that thinking and reflecting back at the freshman Vanessa, like Mm -hmm. what are the top two things that are different about freshman Vanessa and now in your senior year, Vanessa? Yeah, I think I would say I'm a little more organized. Okay. I think I would say in in that aspect and I kind of understand how college works and as I'm kind of older and getting a little wiser, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've, you know, I've made the mistakes and kind of learned from that and Mm -hmm. have a better idea of like what works and things to like keep doing and things that maybe I shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And then I guess I would also say from like young Vanessa to now that I'm more like aware of like what my goals are. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when you're, when you're young, you're kind of just trying to figure out like even freshman year, like what you want to major in, like if this is actually like your passion or it's just maybe just something like that could just be a, a hobby. And I think now testing all these other stuff that I have a better idea of like the person I want to be after college and what like career paths or just goals or all those kind of things that I want to like keep pursuing that I'm really passionate about. No, it's awesome. So mm-hmm. give me your top two goals. Like what are the top two goals after graduation? Number one is obviously get drafted. This has been a dream of mine since I was young to play in the mm-hmm. BBA and mm-hmm. it goes into like my passion basketball and like representation for my culture. So it's just been mm-hmm. a big part of who I am. So that's something I definitely am working towards. And then another goal would be, well, obviously medicine. That's another goal of mine. For it's sure. A, after basketball, you know, go to medical school and mm. I kind of want to specialize either in pediatrics or sports medicine. Mm. So I think continuing to learn more about those aspects, even, you know, during my time playing basketball, you know, I could still like stay in the loop about that, but that's another goal of mine as well. No, it's amazing because I think the representation that is source of pride for you, for your family, your culture. You know, you and I share culture. My mom's Filipina. She immigrant from the Philippines. And so I know the sort of I equals we, right? Like this isn't just about me. It represents all of us and Mm -hmm. uplifts all of us. And so that's so important. And for Mm -hmm. other little girls, other Pinay, Filipina girls seeing you is so, so inspiring. I'm sure that they get to see someone who looks like them on the court in medicine, in all of your endeavors, I think it's super, super cool. So I'm going to be, you know, one of your fans for sure and helping you move that along, I think. What does it mean to you to be of Filipina heritage and to 
have gone to the Philippines and played with the Philippine women's national team this last summer. Yeah, I would say that experience really brought me closer to my culture. Obviously, growing up, I was really close to my family. Like every weekend, they would come over. We cook Filipino food. They play poker. We have karaoke. So I was <laughs> always like in tune with that side of my culture. But actually, you know, being able to represent my country and I mean, represent my culture and also like kind of representing my family, it meant a lot to me. It was more than just basketball, like we've talked about, like with the representation, but also just the love that I have for my family, who's I wouldn't be the person I am or where I am today without that. So having the opportunity to like give back to them in you know a small way is something that was really like really valued for sure. Well, it's interesting because I know you corrected yourself, but you said represent your country. I mean, like you and I, we have two countries. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we are American, and mm-hmm. what that means to us, and we're Filipina, and what that means to us. So like. We don't have one country. Yeah. And how does that feel to have more than one country? Yeah, I'm grateful because I I love both of them. And again, you know, living here, I've been able to, you know, appreciate and experience like the American side of my, you know, who I am. And then getting to play with them and now being more part of like a Filipino side is more, again, appreciative of all that. And I just love both of them. Yeah. Tell me one experience you had when you traveled to the Philippines during that time off the court. What was a, a fun or memorable experience? Yeah. 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 I guess one for sure was when we're like, you know, driving to practices and, you know, I don't really speak Tagalog, but mm-hmm. I can kind of understand it. So there'd be some instances when they're, they were talking and they'd be like, oh, did you understand that? I was like, no, I don't understand that. And then they start laughing. But <laughs> <laughs> overall, it was honestly, it was super fun just getting to know them. Like we bonded with karaoke. We had a karaoke night, which I think was really memorable before we headed mm-hmm. out to Sydney for FIBA. So definitely the karaoke nights are, were, was really fun. And what was it like traveling to Sydney with your team? Yeah, it was fun. It was my first time in Australia. Okay. So I didn't really know much about what to expect. But again, when you have a good group of girls, it's like, it's easy just to hang around and not really like worry about traveling. So I just enjoy like getting to know them because again, this is my first time meeting them. So I didn't know what to expect or I didn't really know anybody besides like one person on the team. So they're really easy to get along with. And, you know, we bonded like pretty quickly. Do you think that your experience in the Philippines with them and in Sydney will help you be ready for the draft, the WNBA draft? Yes, I definitely think so. Just because, you know, we played against some of the biggest talents like in the whole world. And, you know, playing the Duke, you play against the best in the U.S., Mm -hmm. but there you play against a grown woman like I, we would play against people who are in their 30s who are you know who are literally pro players and I'm here like 21 mm-hmm. years old so I think just that you know style of play of playing against pro players I think will help me and again it just kind of tests where I am standing you know across from other players that I hope to like reach to so mm. again I think it was just a big learning experience just the style of game that it could be my future and then also like what I need to work on before I get to that level no that's amazing So we talked about two countries. Mm -hmm. We have two teams too. We have Duke (laughs) and the Philippine women's national team, right? And I know you have deep pride for both. What is it that you're learning or have learned on the court, being a Blue Devil, representing your school, your family, and your culture while Mm -hmm. wearing the jersey? Like, talk to me about that. Yeah, I think, well, obviously the first time I got here is when I realized I was the first like Asian American basketball player at Duke. And you know, mm. to me, like, that's a big deal, but you don't really feel it until 
like after the game is when fans would come up to you and be like, oh, I'm Filipino too. Like, oh. it's so great seeing you on there. Or this little girl comes up to you and it's like, yeah. sign this picture. Like those yeah. kind of moments, it kind of just hits you and makes you realize what, like, how big it is to actually be there and how grateful I am to be part of this movement to hopefully, like, lift up, like, the Asian American culture and just, like, bring in more representation. So I think that was a big thing that I learned is how big it is for me to be here. Sometimes, you know, you don't think about it, but. I'm so happy to be a part of it. Yeah. And we're happy to have you there, to see you there, to represent girls, Panais, Asian American. You know, it's really, really great. You played the piano for a long time. When did you start? I started when I was in fourth grade. Okay. And then I played for about like six to seven years, taking lessons, you know, doing all the tests to with theory, music theory. So I was really invested in it. But then I had to stop playing around high school when basketball got more serious. And just time time wise I needed to focus in on like what I was really passionate about and like where I saw myself like career wise and just like in the future. So that's why I had to shift more towards basketball. But I still play for fun and I can still read music. So it's still <laughs> something I do now as a hobby more of than just Something I was, you know, learning about. For sure. And I think I ask about it because you and I can have a giggle about it. Like, from Filipino families, we need to learn an instrument. (laughs) (laughs) I did did the violin at first, actually, in elementary school. So, (laughs) for sure. For sure. But I think it's important because I know you've studied it pretty intensely but now play it for fun that it's important to have those outlets to like you don't need to take everything seriously you take your school and your sport serious enough but to have mm-hmm. another part of you that can like do it on your own terms mm-hmm. play when you want you know it'd be at ease with no any particular reason or outcome but just to enjoy it and so I think it's really cool you do that yeah it's definitely like really nice to have like that as an outlet and it kind of also like helped me like connect with people like I remember one time we had a trip with the Duke basketball team and we ended up at one of the donors house and they had a piano so they were like oh Vanessa play play so I, I went to go play and like all my teammates were singing and it's just like a fun time because it just let me you know relax and enjoy like my teammates and all that but also like another passion of mine with piano so again, yeah it's just a cool hobby like I'm actually really grateful even though you say like yeah they, you know you have to play a piano growing up I'm, just, <laughs> I'm actually happy they for kind of forced me to play yeah. it <laughs> And so I'm very envious about that because my mom, yeah, forced me, quote unquote. <laughs> like, I didn't stay with it. I just, I rebelled. I rebelled, Vanessa. Oh, I rebelled. Good job. At, but I regret it. I regret oh. it. I wish that I would have stuck with it because it was piano. It was like, they tried everything. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but I'm just glad. I'm glad that you can, you know, as you grow older, we can appreciate the things that they pushed us mm-hmm. toward that maybe we didn't want to do then, but like that we're grateful for now. So I can really appreciate it. Yes. I, you are a creative person. We got piano and then you got the VDJ clothing line. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I kind of just started this year. It's always an idea. Okay. I like bouncing off with people, but I kind of just wanted a way to, you know, for me, just kind of express the ideas that I'm passionate about while also trying to, you know, bring representation to my culture, which I have the Pusa line, which is one of them. Mm-hmm. And also just building my brand. Cause again, my goal is of, you know, playing in the WBA, I know all the little things mean something so i'm just trying mm-hmm. to do the best career-wise also to help me while also you know enjoying that more creative side of myself which is like art sometimes too so isn't it cool we can kind of do all of it together at once it's cool so tell me about the puso line and what does puso mean to you 
Yeah. So Puso in Tagalog means to me heart. So I kind of related both to basketball and my family in that with basketball, a big part of it is how much passion I have for basketball. Like a lot of people play basketball maybe to get somewhere or just for certain reasons. But like for me, a lot of it is because how much I really love basketball and the way I play, I would say with a lot of heart, no matter the score, whatever it is, I will always give my heart. And that goes also into my work ethic, like it's all rooted from there. And that just goes back to my family who I care about a lot. And again, they're my heart. So yeah, that's a big part of why I wanted to do Puso just to pay homage to both them and basketball. No, it's awesome. I'm gonna pick up mm-hmm. a little something there, a little swag. <laughs> and I want to like represent and support you. I know we've mentioned family a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and you and I have talked more privately about this, about your dad's passing last year. Mm-hmm. How does that impact you and how do you continue to honor him and, mm-hmm. you know, play for him, be for him? How does he still live within you? Yeah, I'd say a big part of our relationship was basketball. You know, he was the one who showed me basketball, introduced it to me. You know, he was the one who took me to the park when I was young. So mm-hmm. a lot of that is very still rooted in basketball. So every time I do play, every time I step on the court, every time I'm in practice, every time I'm just shooting, I definitely feel him there. And that's another reason why I just love the game because, again, it kind of brings me back to him. And it's something that why I'm also very passionate about. So, again, I just continue to pay off all the hard work we've done together and we'll continue working and, you know, just want to make him proud. So Mm, I'm sure he is. And it's a beautiful way to stay connected to him on a very, very regular basis. So great. You also are a mental health advocate. What does that mean to you and, and why mental health? Why advocate for that? Yeah, I think especially with today's time with social media, its impact on mental health is, you know, seen compared to times before when social media wasn't as big. And I think it's so important to give each other like grace and, you know, supporting one another, especially because, you know, people may be going through hard times that Mm. you don't know about. And again, with other stresses in life with like careers or academics or athletics, I think it's just very important to, you know, take care of yourself through those times. For sure. For sure. I know because I didn't grow up with social media because I'm a little bit older than you. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I know that the impact of social media is very different on you, mm-hmm. on my daughter who's 17. So that generation, your generation is different. What are some tips that you can maybe share with others about how to manage social media so it actually doesn't detract mm-hmm from your mental health, but maybe even Mm -hmm. lift it in some ways or an opportunity to uplift Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. I think for me is finding the way to use mental health, like in in the mental health, to use social media in the right way Mm -hmm. that's beneficial for me. So I don't really go on social media as much, but I use it as a way, for example, to stay connected with people that aren't around me. So either, you know, checking in with friends or just connecting with family, like in the Philippines, that's kind of just the way I use social media is how it helps me. And keep being aware of different ways it may affect me. So that's like a big part of it is just figuring out, okay, I'm going to use social media for this, you know, maybe for uh-huh. my brand or maybe to connect with people. Uh-huh. Like having a certain like reason for social media, I think is important instead of just maybe, you know, people may just end up in the spiral down, so like the darker side of social media when they don't know, like maybe why they're using it. So I think that's just important to know, like the reason of why you're using social media. For sure. For sure. That's mm-hmm. super, super important to have a reason and to have discernment about why and how long and how much Mm -hmm. 
Yes. You know, like even you starting out with saying I'm not on there as much, that's also mm-hmm. setting a boundary around like, wait, is it useful for me right now? Maybe not. So I won't go mm-hmm. on. Or is it useful for someone else? Maybe. Yeah. And then I'll go on, right? Have you ever had like, for lack of a better word, like negative or haters like on mm-hmm. social media that you've had to deal with? Has that ever happened? Yeah, I guess sometimes there'd be comments of people, you know, like about basketball related or, you know, if a bad game or something. But I just try not to focus on those. Like I try not to read comments again. Like I understand where we talked about the boundaries of what social yep. media is to me. So yep. most of the time it's just for me to either express like my love of basketball, express a part of me, express my family. So I just focus on those parts and try not to, you know, put myself in a place where I could, you know, fall into looking at like the more negative sides of social media. So yeah, I try to stay um, on the more like useful side of it. So what you're saying is you basically just ignore it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, okay. Because it's going to come. Exactly. You are in like a public space when you're on social mm-hmm. media and you representing your culture, your school, your family, you're not, you're not, people are going to look and see mm-hmm. and, and, unfortunately, maybe not say something that's very positive or so positive. And so for you to basically see it and like, uh, stay away from it, ignore it is actually a very simple, but very impactful thing to do. So Mm -hmm. that's a great tip for anybody listening as well about how to handle that. What's next for you in like the next one to three months? What's next for you? Yeah. So I guess the next part, obviously, is just dialing into my rehab. So I'm, I'm hoping you know, during the winter and spring, I'll be able to do more stuff on the court and just, again, just getting stronger. My goal is to come back, you know, even stronger than before. So yeah. I'm putting in that time, you know, on the court and obviously focusing in on academics now that I have more time to put into that. So those are probably the two biggest things is just academics really dialing in. And then, again, basketball, just coming back even stronger because... I just can't wait, honestly. Yeah, I know you're itching. I know I you know. are. I am. Yeah. Well, every little thing and every big thing that you do matters. And so, you know, I can't wait to see you back on the court, expressing yourself, you know, being in your vibe and like doing your passion. I love that. I'm going to be following you and supporting you the best I can. Thank you. We talked. To, you're welcome. We talked about mm-hmm. you talking to your freshman self or, or what you learned from your freshman self. Mm-hmm. What about a young Pinai who comes up to you and is the one who wants you to sign a picture or you have mm-hmm. a moment to maybe chat with her for like five, 10 minutes? What would you want to mm-hmm. say to her? Yeah, I think as a young kid, I reflecting on myself. I realized how, you know, sometimes there's a lot of self-doubt. And again, mm-hmm. with representation, how we've talked about how important that is because it does mean some, something when you see someone like you doing, like what you dream of doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think a big part of, I would say, is just to keep believing in yourself. I think what people tell you is not possible. It's just, again, like a limitation of them. And you get to determine who you become. And a lot of it is, you know, believing in yourself and confidence. And for me, I find my confidence in the work I do, you know, all the times and hours that I put in that I know no one else is doing. That's what keeps me going. And that's what, you know, gives me that confidence when I do step on the court, despite what others say. So I would say just keep believing in yourself and keep putting in the work. Cause I think in the end it will, it'll pay off. Yeah. That is so wise and generous of you and insightful to share. So I really, really, really appreciate you. You are doing big things and you're going to do more, you know, on the court and off because you're going to help people. You're going to express yourself. You're going to be you. People are going to see you. And so again, 
anything I can do to continue to support you. And I'm looking forward to people getting a chance to check out what we're talking about live. <laughs> just really, really excited and just really am grateful and appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Honestly, it's, it was great to catch up and just it's always fun to just talk and, you know, <laughs> have some fun here. Yes, I had some fun <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Thanks so much, Vanessa. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you. Athlete Mindset is part of the CASource Podcast Network. At CASource, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching CASource on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network, the CASource Podcast Network. 